gloomy, mostly Euclidean confines of Castle Gormagon, upon the lofty wind-blasted heights of the Plateau of Lang, I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. Hi, everybody. It's the Tsar of Muscovy. You know, Gorty is on vacation up in uh, Dimension 802.11ac or wherever. And uh, as a result, I I don't know that the guys are going to get together and do another group podcast this week. So um, I'm stuck up here at the Dacha right now anyway, uh, out in Muscovy. And uh, I have absolutely no internet or television service. So uh, well, you know, I, I threw an axe at a bird, and um, evidently the cable uh, that, you know, connects me to the world uh, is in that grass, and the axe, I guess, landed there, the guy tells me, so um, sorry about that, but uh, hopefully you have internet access. I, I don't think I took out everybody's, but uh, so I'm sitting here uh, basically in, in the digital dark, and um, I got all these things I could have done for you if I had internet access. You would have really liked it. But um, sitting up here uh, with nothing new, I, I think we're going to have an old-fashioned storytelling. Uh, so I picked, uh, is a, as a, you know, a nice little thing for us to do for the next 15 minutes. Uh, I'm going to try to get us through the entire Epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, I, I know you've heard of it, but you don't know much about it. So I'm going to, I got these tablets here that I stole, for, uh, to, uh, borrowed, to, uh, found in uh, Nineveh which is a, a, a city that um, uh, I think uh, somebody blew up recently. But I've got these tablets here, and I got, I got them in order. And I thought I would just you know take you through the epic of Gilgamesh. It's a great story. It's real happy, real funny. It's, a, it's really the original superhero story. You know, it's like um, uh, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier kind of thing before there was, uh, well, Marvel. But uh, possibly not before Stan Lee, though. Anyway, uh, we've, I've got these tablets, and I thought I'd just take you right through it. So if you've got a, a bunch of minutes here, just sit through, and I'm going to get you through the entire story here. Uh, Gilgamesh was, uh, was a, a guy, okay? He wasn't, wasn't a place or anything like that. So um, he was a, a, a superhero for the time, you know, half god, half man sort of thing. And he could do all these amazing things. And he was also a king uh, of a city called Uruk. U-R-U-K, if you want to write that down. And uh, it's not the modern UK, but it's, it's uh, Uruk. And uh, it was, Uruk was a, was a pleasant city for the time. You know, it, uh, some nice tree-lined streets and some shady parkways and that. And, uh, oh, it had a really good restaurant that overlooked the harbor. And you could sit there and eat and watch the ships come in off the Euphrates. Uh, and it was just just superb uh, dessert there that they had. I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, uh, anyway, they had they they wound up getting a Walmart and I think a couple of those Megaplex movie theaters. But that was probably that was definitely after uh, Gilgamesh was king. Um, so okay, so Gilgamesh is a, a, a king of Uruk, which is a city, big city at the time in uh, Babylonia, right between the Tigris and Euphrates there um, in modern day Mesopotamia. And uh, he, he was not really all that nice of a guy. Uh, he spent an awful lot of money building walls, um, walls, walls, walls. He kind of enslaved the population to build walls for him. And, you know, if he wanted to live in Oruk, he had to build a wall. And I guess, you know, he, he couldn't get Mexico to pay for it. So he taxed the people uh, pretty much to death. And they really didn't like him. Okay, so he was, he was not a nice guy. 
uh, you know, cracked whips and beat people up and, and, you know, all the things that you, you remember, uh, Ramsey's, you know, Yul Brenner doing in the 10 commandments. He was kind of that dude, but anyway, um, so there he was king of the city. And, um, at, at the same time, there was a guy named Enkidu, E-N-K-I-D-U. You know, come to think of it, Enkidu is, is pretty much half the story. And I don't know why they call it the Epic of Gilgamesh when, when he was, uh, it was really the Epic of Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Uh, Enkidu lived out in the woods outside the city. You know, he, he couldn't get in through the walls. And he was this big, hairy uh, guy, I mean, with like really long, unkempt, greasy, matted up hair. And his nails had grown in the claws. And he smelled really bad. It's, it mentions that like six times in the story about how bad he smelled. Uh, and he would run with the animals and drink muddy water out of puddles and that. And, ah, you know, he's a real nasty guy. Well, one day this um, boy is uh, checking the traps uh, and he sees Enkidu out there and he totally freaks out, you know, because, you know, Enkidu, I'm telling you, he's scary looking. He's like this Sasquatch kind of looking dude. So he runs back and tells his dad, 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 there's like a, a, a Bigfoot out there in the woods and he, he was real horrible and scary and he was letting our animals free that we trapped. So the hunter says, yeah, we got to do something about that. So like any dad, he, he decides to go appeal to the government for help rather than take care of it himself. So he makes an appointment with uh, Gilgamesh's secretary and uh, gets an appointment and, uh, you know, gets the usual runaround. But he gets in to see Gilgamesh and he says, hey, Gilgi, um, Gil, uh, there's this guy living out in the woods um, the other people out there call him Enkidu and, uh, he's making life pretty hard for us because every time we catch an animal in one of our snares, Enkidu comes running out, scares everybody and, and sets them free. And, uh, I guess some guys tried beating him up, but it turns out Enkidu is, uh, you know, just a heck of a fighter. I mean, he's, he's real strong and tough and, uh, uh, we just can't seem to ever get an upper hand on him. So can you, can you come out there and kill him? So, uh, Gilgamesh does what, you know, a, a king does in a situation like this is he says, uh, no, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to send a, a prostitute out there and uh, she's going to take care of the problem for you. Well, how's that going to work? The hunter says, you know, I, they tend to cause more trouble than what well, I mean, you know, but anyway, um, Gilgamesh explains that, well, see, she's going to like uh, do the deed with them. And um, yes, and uh, that's going to make him uh, settle down. Hey, this is Gilgamesh's plan. Don't don't look at me. So um, I guess he pays for out of uh, his own pocket, which is one of the nicer things Gil Gilgamesh ever did, and possibly one of the only things he ever paid for out of his own pocket. Uh, and he sends the, this uh, girl out there, and uh, she finds Enkidu right away, probably by the smell. And uh, I mean, can you imagine? But uh, she she um, you know uh, does it with him and. Uh, uh, she gives him a real nice bath, and she shaves him, and she cuts his hair, and she trims his nails, and does the whole makeover, you know, with some real nice frosted highlights and some uh, real cute tips in the temples like that. And she thins out his eyebrows a little bit, maybe does a little bit of that um, threading stuff. Uh, I know it hurts, but, you know, it, it really gets rid of those long, long eyebrow hairs. Uh, trims his beard up, uh, really makes him uh, kind of good looking there, you know, think like Josh Brolin, and uh, if you're into that. And... Uh, and Keto says, hey, you know what? I, I kind of like this. I smell good. I, I look good. I'm, I'm feeling uh, pretty uh, good right now. Um, I don't think I want to be a, an animal anymore. I'm going to go into town and uh, join the city and see what life is like over there. And, you know, she says, uh, you know, well, ooh, great. Yeah, yeah great. So 
Um, I'm going to get rid of this thing because the dog is going to start barking in a minute. Uh, and uh, so Ankito goes into town, sees, gee, there's a lot of walls here. And uh, guess who he comes across? He comes across Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh sees this big, you know, strong, tough guy standing over there that he's never seen before and says, hey, what's your story? And says, hey, I'm Ankito. Uh, are, you, are you King Gilgamesh? And Gilgamesh says, hey, get it, you know, hit the road, pal. Uh, I don't like your kind here because, like I told you, Gilgamesh is really not the nicest guy. Well, they start, like, squaring up at each other. And, yeah, well, you know, what's your problem? No, what's your problem? You know, what's your... So they start pushing each other and shoving each other. And pretty soon this huge fight breaks out, right? So Gilgamesh is thinking, well, I got this one. I'm, I'm like a superhero, right? So he, he, he punches and smashes Ankito all over the place. And Ankito keeps getting up. And Ankito picks up Gilgamesh and starts throwing him around, busting tables over his head and busts a bar glass against his, his temple. And they're just going, going at it, you know. So... Uh, Big fight, and dogs are barking in it. And it actually mentions that in the story about the dogs running in and out of them, uh, their legs as they're, they're trying to fight, which I, I think is probably the funniest scene in the book. But see right here in the tale, if you know what that character means, it means uh, dog. But uh, so they had this big fight, and it just goes on forever because neither can beat the other. I mean, they're both equally strong. So eventually they collapse into a mud puddle, and they just start laughing hysterically. And now they're best friends, right? Um, you know how it is, you know, they, they start fighting, they start laughing and, uh, they get a couple of beers in that and now they're real good friends. And, and, uh, for the next couple of days, people are saying, Hey, you know, Gilgamesh is uh, kind of a nice guy. He's giving us the day off. He's not interested in building walls anymore. He just likes to hang around and, and, and watch football with Enkidu and, and, and Kido, you know, used to scare us real bad, but it turns out he's a, he's a pretty cool dude too, man. He's, he's a, he's a real bro. So they got the whole thing going. Uh, the two of them, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're just best pals and, and eating nachos and that. So, uh, you know, probably about two or three bourbons into the night, uh, Gilgamesh says to Ankito, hey, you know what we, we totally ought to do is we totally ought to go out and kill Humbaba. And Ankito says, yeah, that's a great idea. Who, who the hell is Humbaba? He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh says, you know Humbaba. He's a big monster that lives out way past the forest, almost by the mountains. And uh, he's real mean and nasty. And, and uh, I, I say we go out there and kill him. And Ankito says, well, you know, uh, have you ever seen him? N no. Gilgamesh says, well, did you ever talk to him by phone? It's like, no. And, uh, you know, have you ever talked to anyone who, who got killed by him? And Gilgamesh says, well, no. And well, and Kito says, well, like, how do you know, um, you know, how do you know he's such a bad guy? And, and uh, you know, Gilgamesh says, I, I don't know. I, I heard he, I heard he's a, a New England Patriots fan. So, um, okay. So, and Kito says, all right, that's, that's good enough for me. So let's, let's go get some weapons in that and let's go out there and just, just really stick it to him. Right. Let's kill him. Let's take his head off. So there's a big parade, big party in that, and everybody uh, goes out and watches these two uh, drunk idiots as they load up their car, and they head out the Camaro out on the highway, and they drive out through the woods, and uh, it's real pretty, and they drive out toward the, the mountains, real spooky and foggy and cloudy in that, uh, and, and they, they get parking out there, which is really not hard to do, but you got to park on gravel, so... Gilgamesh doesn't want to really, you know, drive too fast because of the car and that, uh, the rocks will scratch it up, but the, the paint, but anyway, they, they park the car, they go out into the woods, um, and, uh, they find Humbaba and he's really, really unpleasant. Okay. Uh, now I don't, not aware of a single tablet that really describes what Humbaba looks like. I can't even Google it. Cause like I said, my internet's down, but so I'm going to make this up, but like picture, he's got like a bear head with fangs and he's got like, um, like forearms or whatever with big claws and that, and he can move real fast. Maybe, you know what? He can turn invisible, I'll bet you. I bet you he can turn invisible. So, 
uh, he says, you know, get out of my my uh, woods. And they say, hey, no, we're, we're here to kill you, right? So uh, the big fight happens, and uh, oh, Humbaba's just like leaping everywhere and, and uh, flying through the air and turning invisible and popping up behind him, you know, a picture like Gigan versus Godzilla or whatever. But anyway, uh, big fight, and um, they Gilgamesh manages to lop off his head at the same moment that Humbaba puts a claw right into the side of Enkidu. Okay, well, he's dead. Uh, we got him. Uh, you know, he's dead, right, Enkidu? And Enkidu's like, yeah, yeah, we got him, we got him. Oh. Gilgamesh is like, hey, man, what's wrong with you? Get out, come on, this is a good good thing. He's like, oh, no, no, I see, kind of like scratch me on the side here. And, and uh, oh, I just shake it off, you know, put a tape and aspirin to it. And Enkidu's uh, like, yeah, yeah, but it kind of hurts a little bit. And Gilgamesh is like, ah, oh, you know, don't be such a, a baby. Come on, get up there. And he's like, no, no, it's kind of hurt. Here, take a look at this. And Gilgamesh looks at the moon and goes, holy crap, that's bad. You know, I, it's like I look into it and I can see your heart beating and everything, you know, uh, through the back. I, I could, like, see behind you the, the hole's so big. So um, Enkidu says, you got to get me to a hospital. And, and Gilgamesh is like, ah, yeah, I don't know if I really want you bleeding on the seats. And, well, you put down some plastic tarp. And, and Gilgamesh is like, well, who carries tarp in their trunk, you know? I, I don't like you know, I got. I think I got like uh, McDonald's uh, napkin in there in the back, but that you know, you're bleeding worse than that. So you, you better walk to the hospital or whatever. So okay, so they start heading over to the emergency room, but Akito doesn't make it, right? And he dies. So now Gilgamesh is like really, really bad because he's thinking like, oh shoot, you know, I I, I have leather seats. I I could have I could have washed that off the Camaro seats, no problem, right? Ah, I'm such a dope. Well, anyway, he feels real bad, and Keto is dead. He's like, he's the only guy I really like. You know, we're, we're total. You know, we had the bromance thing going, and now he's gone. I got nobody, and all oh, the townspeople in Uruk are all upset because they're thinking now he's going to become a jerk king again. And it's like, oh no, he's actually he's worse than that because he won't even get out of bed, and he's just sitting there watching Lifetime movies all day and eating ice cream and right out of the carton, and it's just he's just a mess, right? So, um, depending on what version you read, somebody either tells Gilgamesh or he gets the idea himself. He's like, hey, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the afterlife and I'm going to go bring Enkidu back with me, right? Um, so which way do I go? And this old lady says, well, you know, you got to go way, way past that way to the, to the realm of the scorpion men where they guard the, the city of the dead. Okay. So off he goes and, uh, and he gets there and, and now he's getting real nasty looking himself. You know, he's not shaving and not bathing or anything. He's starting to look a little like Enkidu, uh, you know, which is a little bit of uh, poetic irony there, but he, he finds this, uh, scorpion guy and says, Hey, scorpion dude. Uh, I need to, I need to get to the city of the dead as well. You know, it's, we don't really let the living people in there. So he tells him the whole story about how it was on keto and the best friends and that, and says, well, you know, I don't know if I can help you, but I, I know a guy that can help you. His name is Utnapishtim and uh, excuse you. Yeah. Yeah. Utnapishtim. Uh, I'm not even going to spell it for you, but, uh, he, he's kind of like a wise, uh, wise guy who lives, uh, at the edge of the city of the dead and he'll probably be able to help you. So, um, he crosses a river, uh, with a boatman and, you know, like, like Karen in Greek mythology, he got that figured out. And, uh, he takes him to Utnapishtim. Now, Utnapishtim, interestingly, is an analog in the Bible. He's Noah. So he's like this really old guy that, uh, the goddess Ea saved from the great flood. So he says, uh, hey, Ut, um, I'm Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard of you. Yeah, as well. Anyway, uh, uh, my buddy Enkidu got killed and I want to go uh, you know, bring him back from the dead. So Utnapishtim asked to kind of break it to him. It's like, hey, obviously you've never really liked anybody before. And you know, all those people that you killed when you were king and you had them beheaded. Well, guess what? They don't come back from the dead. 
And Gilgamesh is like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, once you kill somebody, that's it. Right? Like, oh, wow. Jeez, I, I wouldn't have killed so many people if I thought it would have been that hard on the families. I thought they were, you know, just kind of exaggerating. But no, uh, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. I said, well, well, can I go to the afterlife and, and visit Enkidu and say, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry I got you killed. It was really my idea and all that. But, uh, you know, don't be mad at me, right? Um, uh, you know, can I say goodbye to him? And Odna pitched him and says, well, no, not really. Uh, you know, I, it, it, the only way that you can go to the, the city of the dead um, it's kind of like a one-way trip. So, no, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. So, no, you don't understand what I'm saying is, uh, Gilgamesh, is if you want to go uh, visit uh, the dead, uh, you kind of have to kill yourself to get there. And Gilgamesh is like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I got a little trouble with commitment and that. You know, I never got married. And I, it's just, I don't know if I really want to go the whole death thing. And, well, I don't know what to tell you to do, it, Napishtim says, but uh, there is a way that you can you can kill yourself and come back to life if you if you swim across this river and you deep down that grows in the bottom of the river is this this rose uh, bush and you got to like pull a flower off and that can bring you back to life. So uh, at least in this version of the tablets, that's how it goes. So um, he does. He he swims across the river and uh, he uh, talks to Enkidu and says, "Hey, you know, uh, just want to say I'm real sorry. I can't bring you back." And Enkidu's like, "Well." Uh, you know, it's a lot better here in the afterlife than it is living. I, I don't really care about you anymore. It's like, oh, really? Oh, man, this is a double stab in the back. Because not only did I kill you, but you like it better where you're at. So Gilgamesh feels really, really bad about this. You know, I mean, so the whole trip has been a bust for him. And now Enkidu doesn't even want to come back. So he, he realizes, oh, i got to get back to Uruk, right? So he swims down across that same river, and he finds this rose bush growing in the bottom of the river. And he... Um, plucks the rose off it and he cuts his hands really bad on the thorn and he realizes that the way you come back from the dead is you got to bleed a lot so okay that's what the fish was talking about right so anyway he comes back to life and he goes back to uh you're gonna like this ending he goes makes his journey all the way back to uh the city of uruk and he sees everybody's back to normal you know it's like they've gone on living without him and and uh they're all working and doing their jobs now and they don't really need him as king at, at all and he he finds this old beggar on the street and he says hey you know who i am i'm king Gil gilgamesh and the beggar's like oh yeah yeah i think i remember you yeah you you're the wall builder guy real jerk and um so he says hey and and do you remember i went on that big adventure with enkidu and uh, the old guy says no you know nobody really remembers enkidu anymore i'm not really sure who that is and gilgamesh says wow Nobody remembers who Enkidu was. He was my best friend. We did this big adventure, we had the big fight in the street, and and the old guy says, "No, nah, that's how it is. You know, um, people forget." So Gilgamesh goes back to his palace and realizes, uh, you know, he's got a lot of unanswered mail in that piling up and some unpaid bills. But he realizes, so not only uh, do people not need him as a king, he he realizes that uh, nobody even remembers who Enkidu was. The whole the whole story was a complete waste of time. Oh, and I. I just realized as I'm reading these tablets to you that um, I guess this whole story is a huge waste of time, right? Anyway, so I said it was a real f a fun story, but I guess looking back on it, it's a really horribly depressing story. And, well, I'm really, really sorry. But uh, anyway, I got you the whole epic of Gilgamesh in under 20 minutes. So I'm going to... Um, uh, oh, I, I dropped the tablets. I dropped them. Well, I don't think these can be glued, so... Uh, well, so much for the original tablets of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, it's a good thing that we recorded this podcast because I think this is the only way history is going to remember it now. So, uh, 
Well, this is the Tsar of Muscovy thanking you for letting me read you a wonderful bedtime story about a guy who uh, gets his best friend killed and, and winds up being horribly depressed for the rest of his life. And uh, we'll see you uh, all again really, really soon. Maybe I'll do the Aeneid of Virgil or maybe the Iliad and Odyssey is like a one-two punch for you. Um, well, bye, everybody. Holy crap, that's bad.